Hello and welcome to On Walking the Way. Today I want to just talk about God. I want to talk about God Almighty, in fact, which is a title we see for God very often in the Bible, but I don't know when the last time I heard an actual teaching on it. So today we want to look at that. And we'll start in Genesis 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Moving all the way to the end of the book, we see in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. In a world where references to God are commonly used as profanity or empty expressions of surprise, I guess it follows that the impact of God's name and, by extension, the very concept of God has been diluted to a triviality in the everyday world. This, I suppose, is to be expected in the unbelieving world, but the Christian world should really know better. However, Christians are not immune to the influence these profane and trivializing references to God have. The effects can often be seen in our language and heard in our conversations about God. So, let's talk about God Almighty, the Creator and Sustainer of all things. Whether we're looking at the first page of Genesis or the prologue of John's Gospel, the message is clear and consistent. God is the Creator and Sustainer of all things which of course includes us. Every breath I take is another gift from God Almighty. It is another opportunity to walk before him and be blameless, just like Abraham. Yet, we often talk about God like he's little more than a philosophical idea or maybe some kind of cosmic genie that will help us if we go about it the right way. A genie we can call but not the Lord God Almighty that can call us. Again, think about Abraham. We often treat him as a God we can use, not the God that can use us as he wills for his purposes. We have replaced the very sensible realization that life is a rare, fragile, and fleeting gift with the false hopes of this unbelieving world. While we would rarely be silly enough to say it out loud, our actions often betray a deep inner belief that we are autonomous. We all too often act as if we are self-existent and completely self-determining, as if God's role, if he has one at all, is to serve us. When and if we need it, think about it. Why do we really read books on prayer? to become more obedient, or to figure out how to get the results we want. I have lived far too much of my life absorbed in this kind of delusional view of God, thinking of God as a helper rather than God Almighty, as someone I will see someday when I die, rather than the source of my life every moment of every day. It is God who defines me. I do not define God. I cannot define him if I tried, 
because he is God Almighty, and I am just a man. I'm a man that he, through his grace, has allowed to live for the last 63 years, in spite of my ignorance and self-serving rebellion. I sometimes think it would be nice if we could physically see his sustaining presence in our lives, like if we were connected to him by a long extension cord. Then I would remember not to unplug from him. And then I think, wait a minute, his sustaining power is physically visible. We just misinterpret it or disregard it altogether because we prefer to imagine ourselves as our own sustainer and ultimately our own God. We prefer to think of ourselves as our own final authority. Sin is, and has always been, choosing our will over the will of God Almighty, and he allows this because he does not seem to be interested in forcing anyone to love or obey him. But our freedom does not make our use of this freedom any less consequential to our lives or the lives of those we influence. The choices are very real, and so are the consequences. God Almighty is above all. He is unchanging, all-powerful, and loving, and gracious, and patient. But He will not be mocked or ignored forever. We must all ultimately give an account to God, who is the Almighty. But just as God is Almighty, Jesus is Almighty. He is, in fact, the Creator and Master of life and death. Let's look at this from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome us. Later on in John's Gospel, we see Thomas, who had his doubts about Jesus' resurrection. When he finally does see him, when he finally does touch him, Thomas answered and says to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Very significant words in the first century, Judea. Matthew 28 tells us, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And finally, when John has a vision of Jesus in Revelation, he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So God is the Almighty, but also Jesus is God the Almighty. He was with God. Creation was made through him, and he was and is God. We now have more things to consider. When Jesus speaks, he speaks the words of God. He is, in fact, the word of God. So, how are we to respond to his word, to the word? Does having a proper fear of the Lord mean living in terror of God's judgment? Or, do we, like so many, simply redefine fear to mean something we don't really have to worry about? So how do fear, love, joy, peace, obedience, and confidence all play together? If you were to search the Bible for the words fear and Lord, you will find a tremendous number of references. 
For example, in Isaiah 11, 1-3, even the coming Messiah is said to have a special anointing of the fear of the Lord. Grace and forgiveness can't be properly appreciated or enjoyed without a knowledge of our true guilt, our true need, our true dependence, and our inescapable mortality. I have often warned my students that we can only appreciate our salvation to the degree we appreciate our guilt before a righteous and almighty God. Only when we see God as truly almighty can we begin to understand what a miracle of love and grace our forgiveness really is. The clearer we see our actual situation before God Almighty, the clearer we will see His love and grace, and the more secure we will feel in His love, because He truly is a loving God, who is also almighty. This week, Let's help each other remember that God is not an idea or a set of ideas. God is a person who is the Almighty God, our Creator and our Sustainer, our Judge and our Savior. He loves us beyond our comprehension, but that is because He is powerful beyond our comprehension. Let's remind ourselves who it is we're talking to when we pray this week. Let's remember that his answer may not be the answer we desire, but the answer we need. His words may be comfort, but they may also, just as easily, be instruction or even command. Today and every day, we live in the presence of God Almighty. He has given us his Son to save us. Now, we need to ask about the appropriate response to such love and grace and sacrifice. It is by His grace alone that I say this and that you hear this. Each breath is another gift and another opportunity to give the love He has given us to the world that so desperately needs it. So, have a great week.